Hello, that's Sarah. And that's Emily. And this is Lightweight True Crime. Cheers. At a saying it at the same time when we're social distancing. We are being responsible citizens and social distancing, yes. but for some reason it's thrown off our, our intro mojo. I know. But cheers Let's, to you. Cheers. Oh, I hadn't had a sip of this until just now. Emily, why don't you oh. <laughs> um, Emily, why don't you describe the little uh, yeah. different process we went about making our drinks this evening with? Oh, oh dear. So, <laughs> So we decided to try something a little different since we're social distancing, we're each making our own drinks. So we decided to have Ryan give us a name of a drink and then we both make what we think that drink would be. Can you so, tell we have a lot of time on our hands with this quarantine? I know, seriously. So this drink, we called it the Jazz Standard mm-hmm. um, because Ryan has been working on some jazz stuff. Um he also does music on the side. When Follow he's not him at Gear Podcast. At Gear Fever. Yeah, at Gear Fever. He just did a cool um, jazz standard with our our dear friend Pearl. Um, that's actually really incredible. They're both really talented. I bet we'll he link came it. up with this title of this cocktail because he wanted us to plug this. Probably. So, and we fell. Dude, we walked right we into it. Right yeah. for it. So mine is basically like an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Kentucky bourbon because okay. jazz was created in the South. Smart. Have anything from like Louisiana. So the closest yeah. thing I had was Kentucky bourbon. Um, and we have some bitters. So I was like, yeah, I'm doing bourbon. I might as well make like it kind of an old fashioned. But I threw some simple syrup in there because I really Smart. like sweet stuff. Maybe I'll toss some of these Smarties in there. <laughs> um, is it good? Because your reaction was very strong. It's it's really strong. Okay. I should have put a splash of water in it or something. Because mm. it was like, it feels like it's straight whiskey because that's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I forgot. So I took a big sip of it. well it was super entertaining to watch you do that um i went a different direction i feel like you went like bourbon and oh my gosh emily literally shivers take a sip it's i wish you guys could see my face it's so strong um i went like jazz like light springtime you know um Mm. and so i did vodka um, tonic, uh, St. Germain and orange liqueur. Ooh. And, uh, it's um, really good. Yeah. It's light and refreshing. It's a very white girl drink, but I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm very much here for it. Um, Emily, how are you holding up? I was funny. I was listening to the last episode of ours that, um, went 
that's up on iTunes and you were like, here's to hoping by the time this goes live, you know, quarantine won't even be a thing anymore. And people will be like, what are they talking about? But yet here we are. And all schools have said that they're not opening up until summer. And I mean, basically up until next year, because summer they're going to be closed because it's summer. Right. So I pretty much jinxed it. But <laughs> yep, I'm it is good. your fault. I know we talked yesterday and I was telling you and I'll tell everybody else that like I keep thinking because if you're new here I work in a school I'm a teacher but I work in an online school so I worked from home already but I keep thinking like okay by the end of this week things will get easier by the end of next week I won't be so busy by the end of next week I won't be so busy but I really feel like because we're recording this on a Saturday I really feel like yesterday was the last busy week. Good. So hopefully that's true, but I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah. How, well, yeah that's how good. are you doing? Um, I'm fine. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm starting to go a little stir crazy. Yeah. Um, the only people I see are my parents because they live nearby and I consider myself quarantining with them. Yeah. Um, I go to check on them and, uh, I, yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I'm starting to lose it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be fine. I am fine. But, uh, like, it's it's funny. I'll go along and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I'll get super anxious over something weird for no reason. And I'll be yeah. like, what what is going on with me? And I'm like, oh, it's all this social right. isolation yeah. and, like, this mass panic that is just catching up with me. So I'm trying to be, like, kind and patient with myself in those moments and be yeah. like, this makes sense. So I really liked... Sorry, I really like no, the tweet that you put in your story. It was like maybe a week ago or whatever that was like, no, you're not working from home. You're like trying to work while you're stuck at home in the middle of a crisis. Yes. And that's so relevant because like my job hasn't really changed. So it's sure. like I keep saying to myself, like, I shouldn't be more, any more anxious because like the only thing that's changed is that Ryan's home all the time and that should make things easier. But it. Like, I still find myself being so anxious. The world is still freaking out around you, and that still affects you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, like, really, seeing that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's good. Because I've worked from home before, and so, so, like, I know how to do it, but it... It's also like this new job that I don't know anything about, really, that I'm trying to figure out how to do alone from home. Um, So, and, like, I want to go to restaurants, and I want to not be freaked out when I go to the grocery store, and... all that stuff. So I did, however, um, oh my gosh, I think I told you this yesterday, but I'm trying not to like be a part of the problem by hoarding things. And, but like, I will need toilet paper soon. And like, I didn't find any at the grocery store I went to. And I'm not about to go around town to like six grocery stores because that feels like that's also being part of the problem. Um, And so I was like, cool, just go to order it from Amazon. And the only toilet paper I could find was like, the office off brand, um, that I don't like, who knows, who knows where it's coming from or how it was made. And, uh, it was $10 and that was the cheapest I could find and it will be here in a month. So fingers crossed. I know. I know. My mom was saying that she gets her toilet paper, like an Amazon subscription. Oh yeah. And she's like, we haven't gotten any notifications that said it's not coming, but Oh we my have no gosh. Idea if it's actually going to show up or not. 
Yeah. So uh, here's to hoping. It was when I, um, I did have to go to the store today to get tampons. Um, and I just like looked down the paper goods aisle to see if there was anything there. And it was totally empty except for like three rolls of paper towels. So I was like, oh, I'm going to need paper towels. Like I'll take one. I'm not going to take all of them and be an asshole. Right. Um, so I take one and I'm like checking out with like the three, like I bought like antihistamines, tampons and this thing of paper towels. And the woman goes, oh, we have softer paper towels if like you're starting to use these for toilet paper. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I actually need them just as paper towels, but yeah, I appreciate but good looking I, out. I appreciate you looking out. So, yeah, try, uh, hard pass on living in interesting times. No, I'm over it. I'm very over it. Like very like, over it. Like this morning, I had the whitest thought I've ever had. I was like, I wish I was at brunch. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I wish I could be at brunch. I wish I could be at brunch. Uh, but instead, I made myself pancakes for dinner at my parents' house. Nice. <laughs> like a grown up. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Um, so, oh, so you know what we haven't said is mm-hmm. this is a true crime podcast. Oh my gosh. Welcome We're to Lightweight True Crime. Two girls, share a drink and a story. And just so everyone and is a clear. Rant. And a rant. We're not, we, we have never shared drinks from like the same glass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nor are we that now. That really got me. Oh my God. <laughs> I was We're, trying to drink. <coughs> You got this. Ooh, I'm good. Um, we are lightweight true crime, and uh, we love to talk about true crime. And honestly, I've been doing, I mean, other than being with my parents, I've been doing nothing but, like, watching Law & Order SVU. Yeah. Um, because, like, even that feels like a distraction from these trying times around us. So, um, yes. So yeah. here we are to talk about crime. Here we are. Here we are. Who did we decide? I, I was going to go first. You were going to go first. Okay. Tell okay. Tell us I'm ex- about something that hopefully happened before the containment. The uh, containment. The, the, the containment because you watched that show today. Yeah, I've been super. I just finished this show called Containment. It's on Netflix, and it's so good. But if you get really like emotionally connected to characters, just gonna warn you that like. This is going to tug at your heartstrings. I cried throughout the last two episodes. (laughs) All right. Noted. Yeah. It's a good one. And I don't know if it's one that's like they're going to do a second season or not because the end of this season was like very like it tied up all the loose ends. Yeah. Like, so I I don't know. We'll see. I feel like Hollywood these days doesn't make decisions based on like, that was a good end to the story. It makes decisions on like, can we still make money off of this? And then they ruin things. I know. Um, But containment. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited to tell you this story. This is the one I was writing last night when you called and I was like, I'm excited about this one. Um, So I'm going to tell you the story of Heidi Broussard and I have okay. t- to thank um, ABC News, CNN, and uh, an article in People, as well as NBC News. Nice. Okay, so Heidi Broussard and Megan Firamuska, Firamuska, it's also, it's not Megan, it's M-A-G-E-N. So, Megan? 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 Is it a Let's girl? Call, it's a girl. Let's just call her Megan. 
That's what I'm going to call her. So Heidi and Megan had been best friends since they met in their early 20s at the Texas Bible Institute um, about a decade ago. So they met around the time that we were also starting our journeys. Do you know what this is? No, but you said decade, and then you said we were in college then, too. And when you said a decade ago, I was thinking, like, I was picturing, like, an 80s campus. Nope. Nope. It was around the time. So they're a few years older than us, but yeah. So they had been best friends since they met in their early 20s at the Texas Bible Institute. And when they were in their early 30s, they both got pregnant around the same time and were both super excited, both with due dates in late 2019. Um, They often joked about the possibility of like going into labor on the same day. Like, oh my gosh, what what if our babies have the same birthday? Anyway, it was a very happy thing for both of them. So Heidi and her fiance, Shane, were already parents to a six-year-old son, and they were eagerly awaiting the arrival of their daughter as well as planning their wedding. Um, So Heidi's water broke on November 2015th, or um, 2015, you know, that day. Oh, my gosh. Um, So Heidi's water broke um, on November 25th, 2019. Oh. Oh my gosh, you froze really, really quick there. And it's just like... I know you too. And I was like, oh no, oh no. These are the dangers of recording uh, remotely. Anyway. Yeah, being being responsible, social distancing. For real. So Heidi's water breaks on November 25th. So the next day, her best friend, Megan, who also, keep in mind you, is super duper pregnant, drives from her home in Houston to where... Heidi lives in Austin because oh the, the plan had been for Megan to be in the delivery room holding uh, Heidi's hand like while she was giving birth. Like that's how they're like sisters, wow. right? Um, and she gets there in time and she's there as baby Margot enters the world. So it, uh, Margot is happy and healthy. Um, Heidi is happy and healthy. And a few hours after delivery, when Shane's parents came to the hospital to meet their granddaughter and Margot was being passed to Shane's father, Megan gets in between them and takes the baby from his hands saying that like, oh, I have to go soon. So I need to be the one to hold her right now. And everyone's like, okay, that's weird and awkward, but they like move past it. Everyone's super happy that baby Margot has arrived. Um, and Shane and Heidi eventually give Megan the key to their apartment because they were still going to be in the hospital. Um, and Megan stayed the night before she drove back home to Houston the next day. Um, Shane never got the key back that he gave her, uh, but he didn't think much of it. He's like pretty preoccupied with his new baby. So Megan goes back to Houston and Shane and Heidi bring baby Margot home. And in early December, so like pretty quickly after Heidi tells Shane that Megan had a baby girl and that she like, she was happy and healthy. She had delivered in Houston and that she was home resting with her baby's father, a man named Christopher green, who is Megan's ex-boyfriend, but they were still living together um, because they were going to raise the baby together. So, okay, okay. so on December 12th, um, Heidi takes baby Margot with her to drop off her six year old son at school, but never comes home. Uh oh. And when Shane comes home from work and finds that 
Heidi and the baby are gone, he immediately knows that something is super wrong because like it's a newborn. You don't go yeah. off and like run a day's worth of errands. Um, also her car was still at their apartment complex and her ID and Margot's diaper bag were in the apartment. So it, yeah. she did not go anywhere. No. So Shane immediately calls the police and that triggers an extensive search in Austin, Texas. So also on December 12th, surveillance video near Heidi's apartment showed a car that looked like Megan's heading towards Shane and Heidi's home, which keep in mind, Megan lives in Houston and Heidi lives in Austin. So like, they're not, they're not living in the same neighborhood. It's not right. like a, no, a normal thing for her Do you know car. How far away? I don't know is? how far away it is, but it's, it's not, it's close. not the same city. They're not like yeah. neighboring. Um, so a surveillance video catches a car that looks like Megan's heading towards Heidi and Shane's home. And another woman who lived in their apartment complex said that she saw a woman with a small infant get into the back seat of that vehicle before it sped away. So police are like, hmm. that, that's really weird. So they take a closer look because if like your best friend went missing and you had seen her that day, you would be right. like, this is when I saw her last. So the police take a closer look at Megan and see that her cell phone also pinged near Heidi's apartment the day that Heidi went missing. So it's like, okay, she was there. Have they like talked to Megan? Have they like called her and been like, yo, what's up? And she's said like, I don't know. So none of the the articles I read said whether they had or not. Like you'd think that that would be their next step. But maybe they were like, this is weird that she didn't come to us with this information. So maybe they didn't want to spook her. Yeah. So after they confirm like, okay, she was there, they get a warrant to look into her like phone and social media activity. And they find that she searched on her phone, um, Amber alert issued Austin and quote bodies found in Austin <gasps> a bunch of times. Oh no. She I had, know where this is going. Yeah. And she had Googled some form of Heidi Broussard, her friend's name, at least 162 times from holy her cell phone. Holy. 162. Like, I love you, Sarah, but I've never Googled your name. <laughs> I have never Googled you either. And if you disappeared, I'd Google you, but not that many times because I feel like yeah. you get what you needed to know. Yeah. So by this time, the FBI is involved and they are sitting on Megan's apartment, like watching her movements. And when Megan's ex-boyfriend, the baby or the, her father of her baby leaves their home in Houston, they follow him to a nearby target where he proceeds to buy baby clothes and formula. So the FBI agents approach him and they show him the missing flyer um, with Heidi and Margot's picture on it. And he looks at it. And he looks up at the agents and he says, that's the baby at my house. No. So investigators go to the couple's home to conduct a search and immediately come upon the unmistakable odor of decomposing flesh. Holy. Coming from the trunk of Megan's car. So they pop open the trunk of Megan's car and they find Heidi's body in a duffel bag in the trunk. 
and they find a perfectly healthy and happy three-week-old baby in the house. And the baby was immediately removed from the home and yeah. taken into Child Protective Services custody. Because also, they had to, they were like, we're pretty sure we know who this baby is, but it's a newborn baby. There aren't a right. lot of pictures of that. Like, you need to DNA test that baby to make right. sure who it is. So when a Texas Ranger interviews Megan... She says that she went to the beach with a cousin on December 12th, the day that Heidi disappeared, while Chris, her ex-boyfriend, stayed behind in Houston. And Chris told the police that when Megan came home on the 13th, she came up to him and was like, don't be mad. Like, please don't be mad at me. And he's like, why would I be mad at you? And she told him that there was a baby in their apartment because she had gone into labor and had their baby at the beach without calling him. So, obviously, she was never pregnant, and it was all a ruse. Oh, my gosh. So, Megan was initially arrested on kidnapping and tampering, and with charges on kidnapping and tampering with evidence, and in January of 2020, um, those charges were upgraded to capital murder for Heidi's death. Dang, this Um, is super recent. Right? It's super, super recent. So Margot Carey, Heidi and Shane's baby, who is now four months old, um, has been reunited with her father and her brother, where she is today while Megan awaits trial. And that is the story of Heidi Broussard. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? Those, like, the, like people who fake pregnancies and then like get super desperate for a baby so yeah. they like kill a pregnant lady or something like those stories scare me so much and the fact that they were they were so they were close best friends that she was in the delivery room for this baby to be born right and i wonder if that played a part in her like psychosis of thinking it could pass as her baby well like i've been there for every second of her life right like that's just nuts. The part that gets me is like the FBI agents going up to the to Megan's ex-boyfriend and him being like, yeah, that's the baby that's in the my baby. house. Like, not like that's my baby. No. Or, or like, I think that's my baby. Him knowing something's off. And, and like, I had the baby while I was gone. And I didn't Just call at you. at the beach. At the beach. I didn't call you. I didn't go to the hospital. Right. No, she says, like, when they questioned her, she said that she delivered, like, in this... She was like, it was a birthing center, but I forget the name. No, you don't forget that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can't... You have to, like, make appointments at those places. You can't just, like, walk in. Right, right. And, like, oh, sorry, I went into labor. I was at the beach. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, so she, um, like, the beginning stages of her trial are just now unfolding. So, I mean, I'm sure she'll be convicted, but a fascinating story. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's nuts. Woof. All right, Emily, tell me a story. All right. So i got to pull this up. And, of course, my computer's taking a really long time. Okay, there we go. Um, Just FYI for everybody, I've... Every time I take a drink, I'm chasing it with Smarties, so <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's, it's part of that'll be up on your lifestyle blog soon. Yeah, once I start a lifestyle blog. <laughs> Emily's lifestyle. Okay, so this is the story of Colonel Griffith J. Griffith and his attempted murder. Colonel- Not his attempted murder, him attempting to murder somebody. Colonel Griffith J. Griffith. 
right? Sounds That's like a fake very... name. Because uh, it, it is. Because <laughs> spoiler. Okay. So Griffith was born in Wales in 1850 to a very poor family. So this is old, old timey stuff. And in the 70s, so he's about 20, he comes to America. And he um, immediately moves to San Francisco. So that's the first place he goes. And he gets a job as a mining correspondent at the Alta California newspaper. Whatever the heck a mining correspondent <laughs> is, who knows? We don't mine stuff anymore. So it's probably like a he had like a column in the paper Here's about how, mining. Here's the forecast for the mines. Yeah. The latest and greatest of axes or whatever. <laughs> Um, so while he's working there doing that, he gains a lot of knowledge about mining and he's able to actually become a miner at multiple mining syndicates where he makes a lot of money. I don't know what a mining syndicate is, like a company probably. Sounds lucrative though. Yeah. Um, so he makes a lot of money and with his new wealth, he decides to move to Los Angeles. So in 1881, he comes down, comes down this way and moves to L.A., and he buys a 4,000-acre lot of land called wow. the Rancho Los Files land. It takes up what we know of what we... Okay. Los Rancho... Sorry, this drink is really strong. <laughs> Rancho Los Files land is Los Files, Silver Lake, and part of the Santa Monica Mountains. Okay. So he owned a lot of that. Wowza. Um and he bought it from, um, it was like a tract of land from the Mexican land grant. Um, and the people who were living there at the time kind of started to know him because he was like this rich guy and who bought like, literally he bought 40,000 acres of land. 40,000 um, or 4,000? 4, <laughs> 4,000. Okay. Just, I, I mean, should go first. <laughs> both are big parcels, but one is much bigger than the other. So just checking. 4,000 acres of land in LA um, and so Angelinos at the time described Griffith as condescending long-winded and unpopular oh and around the same time he decides that he's gonna start calling himself Colonel so <laughs> that will help with that impression his neighbors right? have of him exactly yeah. he's like y'all think I'm condescending you're gonna have to start calling me the Colonel <laughs> so his name really is Griffith Griffith, I think. Okay. Um, but the Colonel part, he added himself. So now he's Colonel Griffith J. Griffith. Amazing. Um, and around this time, he marries a woman um, named Christina, but she just goes by Tina. Um, and she was the daughter of a very prominent family in Los Angeles. Um, and in 1896, um, the couple, Griffith and Tina, they donate 3,000 acres of that land um, to the city of LA, um, with the hopes that they turn it into a park. So he basically decides that he's going to give it to the city of LA as a Christmas present. So very nice of him adding on to that condescendingness. He decides to give three quarters of his land to the city, wanting them to turn it into a park. And he says that his goal for it is that it would become a place of rest and relaxation for the masses a resort for the plain people. Mm, for the peasants. Right. So that land, as we now know, is Griffith Park. Um, named after the legend himself. The man, the myth, the colonel. <laughs> the colonel. 
Um, and so then towards the turn of the century, so we're coming up on the 1900s, he starts to drink a lot. It says that he would sometimes drink about two quarts of whiskey a day. Oh, dear. Which, like, I've His had, poor like, liver. a third of this drink that has whiskey in it, and I'm, like, done. Yeah. I cannot imagine, like, drinking that much would literally kill me. So I don't know how he was doing that in a day. It, well, yes, he was probably a larger man than you, but yes. No, I think he was probably 5'2". Yeah. <laughs> um... And his other newest hobby was arguing religion with his wife. So his wife, Tina, had grown up um, Catholic, and Griffith grew up Protestant. And so Griffith liked to pick fights with her um, about their religions. And Griffith started becoming convinced that Tina was trying to poison him because the Pope had told her to. Because the Pope was trying to steal his money. Oh, well, that seems likely. Yeah. So the Pope had told his wife, Tina, I want that guy's money. You got to poison him. Sure. So classic Pope. Right. So he starts accusing her of trying to poison him and getting into all of these religious fights and he's drinking a ton. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say their marriage wasn't the best. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. Um, and so in 1903, the Griffith family are vacationing at the Arcadia Hotel, which is a resort on the beach in Santa Monica. Um, And on this trip, he kept insisting that Tina and him switch plates at meals, switch cups for their coffee, because he's convinced that she has poisoned him. Um, And she's just kind of going along with it. She's like, fine, whatever. I'm not going to put up a fight. Like, I'm not trying to poison you, but, like, I don't mind switching plates. That's fine. Um... And then on the last day of the trip, they're packing up to go home and um, Griffith comes into the room that Tina's in. And in one hand, he's holding a book and in the other hand, he has a gun. So he comes into the room and he orders Tina to her knees and hands her the book that he has. And um, it's a prayer book. And so he gives it to her and then he says, like, okay, I have some questions for you. Um, So... She is still on her knees, and he's asking her questions. He's asking her, like, why she's trying to poison him, why the Pope wants his money, and she is like, I'm not poisoning you. Like, what can I do to, like, prove to you that I'm not trying to poison you? The Pope doesn't want your money. Um, (laughs) The Pope has enough. Right. But he is not satisfied because he's thoroughly convinced. So he aims the pistol at her forehead and starts to pull the trigger. And as he's pulling the trigger, Tina realizes what he's about to do, and she moves her head. So instead of being shot right in the middle of her forehead, she ends up being shot in her eye. So she's still shot in the head, which is nuts, but she ends up surviving, and this is how she survives. my gosh. I know. So she jumps out the window of their suite. They're in the presidential suite, so it's... I don't know what floor it's on, but it's definitely not on the first or the second floor. It's definitely up there. So she jumps out the window and she lands on the wooden, there's like a wooden roof that was under their window. She lands on that and she rolls off and then 
on the next floor, she lands next to a window of a couple, the couple that own the Arcadia Hotel. So they open their window and they pull her inside and they immediately call police. Unreal. The while, I want to see that movie. See. I know. Wait, she's also she's been shot blind. in the face. Yeah. Right. She's been shot in the face. She can't see because her eyeball was shot. Um, and so the police come and they arrest him and... Tina survives, but obviously loses her sight. Her face ends up being scarred. But this incredible woman was shot in the head and survived by wow. jumping out a window. So, and being pulled into someone else's room. Right, exactly. By the owners of the hotel. So Griffith was arrest- arrested and he was convicted of assault with a deadly weapon. And listen to this. He is sentenced to the maximum sentence. Any guesses how long that is? Um... One time out. <laughs> Two years in prison. <gasps> what year is this? This is like ni- 1903. Oh, okay, so ladies don't count. Yeah, they yeah. don't count. Um, he's also has a $5,000 fine, which is about $150,000 sure. of today's money. Well, so like, okay. Nothing compared to what he Yeah, he had owned. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and after his conviction, Tina files for divorce, and it becomes the fastest divorce in L.A.'s history. Wow. The judge took four and a half minutes to grant her the request. I'm so, surprised she was able to divorce him in I that know. age. I know. So she basically walked in, handed the judge the papers, and he said, yeah, I know who you are. You can leave this oh man. That's fine. <laughs> wow. And so the judge grants her request, and then on top of that adds, like, yeah, but Griffith is also going to pay for your son to go to college. So, hello, judge. Right. Good for so him. this judge was incredible. He's like, yeah, leave that guy, and let's get some money out of him. Wow. So the son ends up going to Stanford on Griffith's dime. Good. Um, he's released after his two-year sentence. He's released from San Quentin. And he returns to L.A. hoping to restore his solid reputa- reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, when he gets out, he's sober because obviously you get sober in jail sometimes. Sure. Um, he tries to become popular by donating a ton of money to the city. Um, so he donates a ton of money to the city in order for them to build the observatory and the Greek theater. I had, I've been there so many times. I had no idea right. this guy was You've behind all of it. married people there. I have performed twice. several marriages. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And the guy. Three, who, three times. Three? Yeah. The guy who paid for it is a lunatic. <laughs> so in 1919, Griffith ends up dying. In 1929 is when the Greek theater is finished, and in 1935 is when the Griffith Observatory is finished. Wow. So even in his lifetime, he wasn't able to regain his popularity, and people then, like, knew who he was and hated him. But now, like, we don't know anything about this. We're like, Griffith Park, Griffith Observatory, the Greek theater, like, yay. But this guy who paid for all this stuff was insane. It's also crazy to think about because, like, L.A. is so densely populated, like, 4,000 acres being able to yeah. purchase. Yeah. Like, that it, in, like I don't in, even know in the last like acres. Like, in the last century and change, like, right. that being able to right. be done. 
That's wild. Like 4,000 people live on an acre now, I'm yeah. guessing. I don't know. I made that up. <laughs> um, I actually weirdly Probably have- Probably more. I have farm knowledge, so I'm in my mind, I'm, I'm picturing like- That's true. An acre- but- I mean, the way that like people live on top of each other in LA though, like, yeah, yeah that's crazy. I know. I can so, picture like, like the land that my parents had when I was growing up was a quarter of an acre. Yeah. So I can picture like a whole acre was like four of the houses in right. our tract. Right. So that's, that's like one whole apartment building. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I guess did, four thousand people could live in an apartment building. Did they say if he was <laughs> ever like di- diagnosed with any like mental disorders or? No, but there wasn't really any of that kind of stuff back then. That's true. Wow, that's nuts. I know, but he, he like, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a special education teacher <laughs> with half a old fashioned in my system. <laughs> I would definitely have to say, in my professional opinion, Hmm. sounded like he had some sort of psychosis. Yeah, something wasn't right. Some kind of paranoia. Something was for sure he's not right. Yeah. Well, who knew? Yeah, who knew? Who? Whomst knew? Whomst news? Um, if (laughs) whomst news? Uh. If you're new to our program, this is the point of the show where we transition to detox, to de- detox from the horror we've just discussed, as well as the alcohol in our systems. And I've Googled a question for you, Emily. Oh, nice. Because uh, I have one ready. So oh, I'll save mine for next week. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, if you could add anyone to Mount Rushmore, who Ooh. would it be and why? 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 Mm, that's a really good question. Right? Thanks, internet. Shoot. Who's on Mount, Mount Rushmore now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go ahead George and say Washington. It's, I'm going to Google it just to be sure. It's Washington, Lincoln. Um, let me look at Washington, Lincoln, maybe Jefferson. Oh dear. I've been there. Have you ever been there? No. I mean, Why have you been I, to South Dakota? It's South Dakota. My dad's mom lives there. Um I don't mm. re- oh, I don't recommend Is it. Close ev- to Minnesota? Uh I don't know. Like South Dakota and Minnesota border each other, but I don't I couldn't tell you where which side of the state Mount Rushmore is on. Um oh okay, it's Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. Interesting. Um, yeah. I think I would want to add Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> <laughs> that because, seems like the logical choice. Right. Because we need a woman up there. Sure, sure, sure. She's the best. Mm-hmm. She does so much great work for lots of things. Mm-hmm. And she's Olivia Benson. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I think Mariska and Olivia would both make really great presidents. I, yeah, either I'm one. Probably gonna write Mariska's name in on a ballot because I truly believe she would. Make is, it it, that is the change we need. That is the yeah. change we need. Um, what about you? Uh, probably Martin Luther King. Shoot, why do you have to have such a good answer? I don't Let, think back that far. Listen, my close second was Mariska Hargitay. Um, I was actually, I was thinking like, oh, Martin Luther King. And then I was like, but what if 
choose a woman, maybe like Harriet Tubman or, um, so I was trying to think modern. I was like, yeah, that's we've got true. enough past people. Let's let's think of somebody modern. But I guess I, I mean I would love to put Obama up there because all, almost all those dudes were super Shoot. racist and owned slaves, and I just like to think yeah. of like the, being like and sorry, we're presidents <laughs> and were and and well, presidents. Yeah, they were all presidents, but Dang, like I, to be yeah. I'm gonna also add Obama. I'm gonna make my own Mount Rushmore. Maybe just g- Michelle. Be- just put Michelle Obama up yeah. there. I'd Let's be make into a, that. a Mount Rushmore with just all women. Mount- I'd be Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Michelle Obama, Mount Shemore, Women's More, (laughs) Rush Shemore, Rush Shemore. I've actually, for as much as I do not like South Dakota, the the part of the state that Mount Rushmore is in is in the Black Hills, and that was actually kind of cool and beautiful. Um, But I don't recommend. Story about. An indigenous woman in the Black I, Hills, right? I, I did. You're right. That was the one where we both like weirdly did a Thanksgiving yeah. Native American story. Um, that was nuts. Mine was Native Canada, though. So first she was a First Nations. First Nations, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't recommend South Dakota like as a state in general. Um, it seems pretty isolated and lonely. It is. Um, and you can't get a good meal to save your life. It's a lot of yeah. white bread and butter and salt, but like not in the good way those things sound, yeah. you know, um, and racism and, uh, Oof. yeah. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Good, good thing. My father doesn't listen to this. Also, um, I meant to tell you that I was leaving my parents' house. I was like, Emily and I are going to uh-huh. go record. And I was like, Oh, I've never played you guys like the intro that Ryan wrote us. And so I played them the intro and my dad goes, that sounds like um, a 70s porno. And uh, I was like, well, thanks, Dad. I'll be sure to pass that along oh, to Ryan. I'm sure he'll appreciate He'll love that. He'll love Why it. Why does your dad know what a 70s porno sounds like? I, I was almost Is like, the real question? I was like, were those your prime porn consumption years? Ew. Um, but then I was like, gotta go. I don't want to have that conversation with my parents. No. Um, but also, Emily, like, how did you watch porn in the 70s? You had to, like, actually, go to theaters. That's actually quite true. You would have to, like, get it on. I didn't. In the 70s, I, were VHSs a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So you to, to hear a soundtrack, you would have to go to the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Alan gross um emily where can people find us on the interwebs you can find us um on instagram uh, at lightweight true crime um i made a twitter haven't posted anything because i don't know twitter um we're lw true crime on twitter and then you can email us at lw true crime at gmail.com Send us stories, send us questions for our icebreaker questions segment. Don't forget and to rate, it. review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. We yes. are um, thrilled to continue to be bring, bring you this content during yes. the coronavirus. Stay safe. Just did a giveaway for oh, some. Yeah. Tell them about the giveaway. Fun. Well, by the time you listen to this, a winner will have already picked, been picked. Okay. Um, because lucky, lucky you're listening winner. to this on Wednesday, and we're going to pick somebody on Monday. Um, so we did this thing. I'm super bored during um, the quarantine and have a lot of anxiety and need to get it out. So I've been trying to do some watercolors, and 
I've been doing some fun like little cards that have like pictures of the cocktails and then the recipe on the back and so we did a winner whoever we like you can like rate us on apple podcasts share our stories tag a friend and we picked a winner and we're gonna mail them their prize so follow us if you want to get some more cool stuff we're gonna be doing some more giveaways very cool and stay safe wash your hands stay inside apparently now our governor mr gavin newsom has said wear masks at all times wear masks donate to your local food banks check on your elderly neighbors um or people who live alone make sure to like we belong to each other so yeah this has been on a walk go go on a walk seriously at least six feet away from people if not farther not farther and don't hoard toilet paper don't hoard toilet paper just take what you need we're we're gonna get through this all right well this has been we love you yeah seriously thrilling episode we love you so much cheers cheers Starting. Started. 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 Starting.